2: This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Weiner. Not long after Obama took office in 2009, the Homeland Security Department predicted that the combination of the first black president with the economic downturn of that election year of 2008 and the rise of social media would make white nationalist violence a growing threat in America. Republicans at the time pushed back, arguing that the left was trying to divert attention from Islamic extremism, and the Obama administration rescinded that threat assessment. That was 2009. And then just last week, after the El Paso killings by a white nationalist, Tucker Carlson said on Fox News that white supremacy was, quote, not a real problem in America. He called it, quote, a hoax, just like the Russia hoax. It's a conspiracy theory used to divide the country and keep a hold on power, close quote. For comment, we turn to John Nichols. Of course, he's national affairs correspondent for The Nation and host of the new podcast, Next Left. John, welcome back.
1: It's a pleasure to be with you, my friend.
2: Well, let's note that Monday this week was the second anniversary of the Charlottesville White Nationalist Rally. It was called Unite the Right. That's the one where a neo-Nazi drove a car into a crowd of counter-protesters at high speed and killed Heather Heyer. That was two years ago. And last week, of course, that white nationalist killed 22 people in El Paso and injured two dozen. I want to go back to this history of the Obama threat assessment back in 2009 that seemed so prescient. What do we know now about why it was rescinded?
1: Well, we know that this acknowledgement of white
2: nationalism,
1: of white supremacist politics, and that which extends from it. This acknowledgement that it exists, that it is real, is very political, right? It is something that clearly some people don't want to be talked about. Remember that in the early era, early days of the Obama presidency, the Obama administration really wanted to try and work across lines of difference, yeah. really wanted to, you know, find common ground, quote. Remember, this is one of the most fascinating things about, the, about President Obama's uh, early stages. He was elected by a landslide. He swept in Democrats in the House and Senate, but they still had to work with Republicans to some extent. And he was so very willing, so very determined to do it, and I think genuinely believed in the possibility of, of taking that next step.
2: Back in 2009, Obama's Secretary of Homeland Security was Janet Napolitano. She's the one who withdrew officially the threat assessment. The report's primary author left the government. The department's unit dedicated to tracking domestic terrorism was essentially disbanded. So if in 2009 a new black president and an economic downturn made for the rise of white nationalist extremism, why didn't, in 2017, a new white president and an economic boom make for the decline of white nationalist extremism? When you have a president who doesn't want to try and unite people,
1: who doesn't want to try and find common ground, but in fact is viscerally divisive language, divisive tactics, then you go to a whole new stage, which, to be honest, I don't think that the FBI anticipated it at the level, or that the Homeland Security folks anticipated at the level that we've reached now.
2: Back in 2009, one of the Republicans who pushed back against the threat assessment that that domestic terrorism by white nationalists was a danger. One of the Republicans who pushed back was a congressman from Kansas named Mike Pompeo. He said focusing on domestic terrorism was, quote, a dangerous undertaking and an expression of political correctness and that it denied the threat posed by radical Islamic terrorism. Remind us, what is Mike Pompeo's job today?
1: Well, Mike Pompeo is now the Secretary of State. As I understand, um, and you know, look, Pompeo came up as a, a a tool of the Koch brothers and of this sort of uh, billionaire-generated "quote unquote" populism of the Tea Party and all sorts of other things. And uh, if you wanted to spend a show, John, talking about the things that Mike Pompeo has <laughs> been wrong about, yes. You know, we'd have to set aside several days on that. <laughs> okay. But um, amazingly enough, you know, in this Trump administration, being wrong, being fundamentally wrong, historically wrong, again and again and again, does not disqualify you from a cabinet level post.
2: Trump's Secretary of Homeland Security was Kirsten Nielsen. She sought, we are told, a regular meeting with Trump to brief him on domestic terrorism. Did those briefings ever take place?
1: Donald Trump has shown very little interest in this. I think we know the briefings that should have occurred did not.
2: Uh, you know, this is the
1: important thing to understand. There are people around Trump who are concerned, who are protective, and then a third grouping who are basically enabling the concerned folks. Most of them have been pushed out, right?
2: And in, let us and, say, let us say, including Kirsten Nielsen. Yes,
1: of course. <laughs> the <laughs> list is long, and as they've moved out, then you've got the protective folks. They may, they may not be the folks that they may actually be folks that would like Trump to be more cautious in his language, to recognize some of these threats because they're real and they they should be addressed. Some of those folks are still around, uh, without a doubt, but. The the troubling thing is that the enabling folks, so many of them have remained, you know, the the folks who really do encourage Trump to use language of invasion, uh, talk about, you know, threats that are violent. And, you know, when you do this, when you point to your political rivals, to some in the media, and to whole groups of people immigrants people who are coming to this country people who have been in this country for a long time who you are angry with upset with want to demonize want to you know turn into the other you know when when you do that as the president of the United States on a regular basis you communicate ways of thinking and you in my opinion legitimize, I put quotes around that, legitimize in the minds of of folks who were, you know, kind of way on the edge, a sense that their ideas, their extreme and dangerous ideas, are somehow appropriate. You know, you don't have to, you know, quote-unquote, call them to action. It's simply that you constantly go back to this notion that there is an invasion, that there is a threat, that there is a danger. Ultimately, there are going to be folks who hear that.
2: We've been talking about inside the Trump White House. Outside the Trump White House, are there any signs that there are Republicans in Congress who are willing now to acknowledge that white nationalist violence is a growing threat? Are there any Republicans who object to Trump cultivating these white nationalists? There's a handful
1: of them, and and the interesting thing is they're, they're pretty easily identified by the likelihood that they're quitting Congress. You've had a few of these folks continue to speak up, but it hasn't come from the leadership and it hasn't come from, you know, any of the, the centers of power in the party. In fact, it's it's really the opposite, John. You've had a real pushback on this from Republican leaders who simply have made it clear they don't see this as an issue or this central issue. They're not they're certainly not speaking up in the way that they should. And then on their favorite TV network, Fox, you've had people saying that, you know, white supremacy, you know, this white nationalism is a hoax despite the the evidence, the overwhelming evidence that has come from folks at the Southern Poverty Law Center and other places where they actually track the threats and track the violence.
2: John Nichols, he wrote about Tucker Carlson on white supremacy being a hoax for thenation.com. John, thanks for talking with us today.
1: It's a pleasure, John. Thanks for having me on.